You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Good morning. My name is Lewis McLean, and uh, most of the staff, including Rick, are at uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, at General Assembly. And so the two staff that are here are Mike Brooks and myself, and we are in trouble. And uh, no... Uh, Every four years, the Nazarene denomination from around the world has a conference, and it's called General Assembly, and uh, literally thousands are coming from Africa, from Europe, um, from China, different places, and are meeting there for a very, very special meeting, and so continue to pray for them as uh, they get the work done that needs to be done. And so, um, and, but we're going to be opening the Word, and uh, this last six weeks, we've been talking about thin places, and some of those thin places that Rick had been preaching on uh, was talking about what matters most. He also talked about the calling, that what happens when God calls us, and there's a thin place there, or when he gives us a promise, like he gave Abraham, the promise of a son. Um, the altars of our life are thin places. Abraham built altars, but um, maybe you've knelt here at this altar and you remember a very thin place. Maybe you've made just your bed at home an altar and you've said a prayer there and you just sense the closeness of God in that thin place. Last week he talked about sacrifice. And, um, and when we're in the midst of uh, making a sacrifice, there's some beautiful thin places uh, in those moments between us and God. Today, we're going to be talking about thin places when we're on a quest that is bigger than ourselves. And we're all on quest, but there occasionally are those quests that are bigger than ourselves. And God enters in and meets us at that thin place. I would like to show a video at this time, and it's talking about a man and a woman we were on a quest for four years, and we're going to see the last part of that quest on this video.
My family knows that when I watch a video like that, I boo-hoo. And uh, I've seen it about four times, and, and I mean, tears just come every time. We, we are seeing the final part of a four-year quest. And, and during that quest, you can imagine uh, all the people that, that played very, very important parts. His prayers, uh, his wife's uh, just hanging in there, his wife's new friends here in the U.S. that supported and helped her. All these players, we, we have no idea what happened in the refugee camps and what, what really the dominoes that had to fall just right to get them finally together. Uh, we have all kinds of quests. Some quests are big. Some quests are small. My, my wife has a small quest. For 10 years, for 10 years, she's been on a quest to find the perfect purse. She'll buy a purse. It's, well, it turned out to be the wrong color. Bought another purse. Well, it's a little small. I can't really get everything in there. Oh, this one's a little bit too big. No, 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 it's not going to work. Oh, too many compartments. Too many compartments. Not enough compartments. Let me tell you who has benefited the most from my wife's 10-year quest. It's the Rock Resale Shop. They have taken probably 20 or 30 of her purses and made money off of them. And I just told Rita, I said, why don't you just skip bringing it home? Why don't you just drive from the store to Rock and just, just, just give it to them? There are all kinds of people that have been on Quest. There's been people, explorers, Leif Erickson, uh, Lewis and Clark. There's been books written about a great quest. There have been movies made of great quests. The Lord of the Rings. One of my favorite uh, is a Monty Python in search of the Holy Grail. Very important scene. The travelers are coming to a bridge. The man is standing at the bridge. Those who approach me must these questions answer three. What is your quest? They answer. What is your name? They answer. What is the average speed velocity of a laden swallow? And the person didn't answer the question. It was jumped off the, the bridge. And, and I, 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 the, that's called midnight humor. It's midnight humor. Things are funnier after midnight for me. Jokes that I hear, movies that I watch, they're just funny. But people on a quest, they've been talked about, they've, they've been written about, their songs are about quest. Um, we are on a quest. And maybe some of your quests are small. Maybe some of your quests are very large. Maybe your quest involves other people. Maybe your quest is a healthy marriage. Maybe your quest is loving your kids and seeing them come to Christ. Maybe your quest is um, winning a battle over cancer. Maybe your quest is starting a new ministry. Maybe right here or some other place. Maybe your quest is something else that God has given you. I'm going to be talking today about some of the principles and some of the steps that we should take 
when we're in the midst of quests that are bigger than ourselves. And we go back to the word. We go back to the story of Abraham. We've been studying for six weeks. And we find a quest for one of the characters in the story. That God's word is just full of people on quest. And we're going to be learning some things from this particular quest that we might be able to apply to our lives uh, today. If you could turn in your... Uh, your Bibles to Genesis 24. You know, this, this, is, a, this is written about a man who lived 4,000 years ago and um, who was following God. And this is toward the end of his life. And so you follow along as I read. Abraham was now a very old man. The Lord had blessed him in every way. Well, one day Abraham said to his oldest servant, and this is the person going on the quest, to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household. Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Have you ever just read scripture and what in the world is he talking about? You know, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. I'm glad we went to handshakes. Um, so the next time you're at the bank and you're, you're going into contract, you're going to buy a car and taking out a loan... I, I thought about, well, why don't I just go to the banker and put my hand underneath his thigh, you know. You guys can bail me out of jail, okay. Well, I think there's some other ways of swearing and making promises now. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. Isaac was about 40 at the time. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who's willing to travel so far from home? To get you some idea, they're in Canaan, and where they're needing to go is back in the home in the city of Ur. And you can't just go by a straight line. You have to kind of go around rivers and all sorts of places. And he's really going to Iraq. And, um, and the distance that they're going to be traveling is 1,300 miles. So that's like getting, uh, you know, all your friends and going walking to San Francisco. That's really what they're getting ready to do here. So should I, should I then take Isaac there to live among the relatives in the land you came from? Abraham said, no, no, he responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house in my native land, solemnly promised to give this land. To my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you. This is kind of a key. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from your oath of mine. But under no circumstances, under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath. By putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, he swore the following, Abraham's instructions to follow them. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master, and he traveled to the distant Aram, Nerarim. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town, it was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. O oh Lord, my master Abraham, he prayed, 
Please give me success today and show unfailing love to your master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside the spring and the young women in town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. I'm, I'm going to pause there. We're going to come back and read a little bit more. But um, he was kind of doing a test. And, and, and it's easy to go and maybe pick the prettiest girl. But, but, but beauty and form, it, it, just, it just comes to a 16-year-old. I mean, they don't have to do anything for it. You know, it just comes. But what he's looking for is something that, that is deeper than that. Uh, my daughter, Aubrey, she was in college. She was dating a guy. They'd come over to our house to watch uh, TV. And I was gone. Rita, my wife, just drove up from grocery shopping. And she starts making trips from the car into the refrigerator. And on about the second trip, Aubrey gets up and, and helps, and helps uh, Rita bring the stuff in from the car to the refrigerator. About five or six trips. And I was told that the boyfriend never got up off the sofa. And when I heard that story, when I heard that story, I I said, Aubrey, he is not for you. Matter of fact, if I I could have, I would have probably thrown him from my house to Snowbarger dorm. when I heard that, I just said, here is a guy sitting there and while my wife and my daughter are carrying in the groceries, he's doing nothing. This is kind of what the test was here for, for um, the new future bride. He was saying, I want to see someone that has a serpent's heart. I want to see someone that's kind. I mean, to let you know, they have 10 camels, 10 camels. And typically a camel drinks 30 gallons of water after a long journey. And so for her to give him water and then to give drink to all the camels, I mean, that's 300 gallons of water that she's carrying around. And so that's the test. That's the test. Before he had finished praying. Now this is, isn't that amazing? Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder she was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Melchah. Rebekah was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again, running over to her. The servant said, please give me a drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. And when she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all the camels. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission or his quest. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, 
he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large bracelets for her wrist. Um, piercing. Old Testament says it's okay. You know, ring for the nose. Um, gold bracelets for her arms. My quest might be over, what the servant said. There, there are some things that I would like to, to point out from this scripture. First of all, look who's going on the trip. Look who was picked. The prerequisite for any large quest is someone who takes small opportunities and does them excellently. Here's a servant. He's old. He's been with Abraham a long, long time. He probably started out like a teenager that would go clean and feed and water the camels there in that country. And and as he became good and did a good job there, he maybe had, you know, a promotion and had something else to do with the household and then something else to do with the household. And all these years he was listening and he would listen to Abraham and Sarah as they had conversations of what they thought was important and not important when they had their arguments and when they had their celebrations. He 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 just he was going along doing well and good things learn the mind of the master and when the master got old and his kingdom <laughs> the kingdom that God had promised remember he said you're going to have a vast nation and and so um here was Abraham and Sarah, and then finally we had Isaac. So there was three of them, and Sarah's passed away. Now the number's back to two. Abraham is saying, I'm not so sure this kingdom is going to happen, this nation is going to happen. But I need to find a wife, and it needs to be someone that God has selected. And I'm going to choose this servant who knows the way they think, and I've seen him do small things well, and I'm going to give him the task to select a wife that will carry on my nation, my dream, and my promise. Right now, uh, no matter your age, you have small opportunities and tasks to do well. Is Is excellence your target? When you're asked to do something in ministry, do you... Do you just, I just want to do it and get it over with? Or do you say, you know, I'm, I'm teaching these three-year-olds. I need to prepare. I want to do it with excellence. Um, you know, the neighbor across the street had surgery. And um, I think I'm going to go mow the lawn and just get it over with. No. There are some people that say, I'm, I'm going to go over there. And I'm going to do even a better job on their lawn than mine. I'm going to edge and sweep. I, I'm, I'm, this is a great opportunity for me. I'm, I'm going to do it with excellence. When you go to school, you take the classes. Do you study? Do you strive for excellence? When you learn to play the guitar, when you learn to speak Spanish, this is a great opportunity. I, I think I'm going to do it with excellence. God gives big quests that are bigger than yourself to people who do well with small tasks. And that's a prerequisite. The next thing that we hear in that scripture, he's talking about, well, I, this is a big task, Abraham. I'm not sure if I'm really up to it. And he said, God will send an angel ahead of you. And one of the main things that we need to remember, the first point is that 
When we proceed, we should proceed as though God precedes. We should proceed as though God is preceding and sending some people before us to take care of us. You know, the doctor that's going to be working on you in 10 years or maybe this Wednesday, God has been preparing him or her maybe for years to be right there for you when they need you. Maybe there's, maybe there's something else you're going to be need. God is now preparing. I remember when I was single, um, Randy Ehrlich and I, every morning we get up and we start praying for our future wives. And we said, you know, I have no idea where she is. I have no idea how she is, what she looks like, you know. But can you, God, start preparing her right now? Can you start preparing me? right now for her and so um, God as we proceed he precedes in Psalms 139 he says I go before you and I come behind you I bless your head with oil isn't that wonderful to know whatever you're facing right now even if it looks impossible that God is going ahead of you he went ahead of Abram's servant And he prepared this young girl to have a heart of servanthood. He prepared her and all the things that she needed to be literally the mother of this vast nation and kingdom, Rebecca. He had prepared her for these last 16 years for this moment, this transitional moment. So he, as you proceed, he is preceding you. The second point that I would like to make is that there are places, pick places to succeed. Um, It was very, very specific. Abraham said, now here's two places I don't want the wife to come from. I don't want her to come from Cana. And I don't want my son Isaac to go back to this land and and because he probably won't get back to where the promise is. He might get stuck there. So here are two places. One place I don't want you as a servant to pick the wife, the bride from. And here's a place I don't want my son to go. I want him to stay here while you go. Sometimes there's places that point us in the wrong direction. Rita, she's up at at, uh, Indianapolis and uh, checked in the hotel the other night and uh, was going to go out and do a little shopping. She got her salad, going to come back and eat it in the room. And she gets back to uh, the, the, the level that she's supposed to be on, the elevator, and came to the room number. Yeah, this is the room number, and tried her key. Didn't work. Well, I'll just use my cell phone. I'll call down the front desk. I am outside my door, uh, room number, blah, blah, blah. Can you send someone up with um, a key? Uh, because mine's not working. I'll just be eating my salad. She sat outside the door, on the floor, eating the salad waiting for the person to show up. Ten minutes pass, nobody shows up. Um, she calls down there again. I'm, I'm, I'm still up here. Uh, can you please send someone? And Well, we did. You know, the, he, he must have just missed you. We'll, we'll do it again. So she waits. She's sitting on the floor, eating the salad, front of the door. Still, nobody. She calls again. I think she called four times total. And she said, well, I, I've been waiting. I mean, it's been over 30 minutes now, and I still don't have the key. And I said, well... Um, are, are, are you at the right place? I said, yes, I'm right in front of the door. I see it on the, on the, uh, the number, literally on the door. I said, well, um, are you at Marriott? Yes, at Marriott. Well, did you know there are two Marriott's 
here in Indianapolis, and they're within walking distance, and and all of a sudden, Rita, never mind. <laughs> and she left, and she realized she had gone to the wrong Marriott. She was in the wrong place. She was not going to have a successful night's sleep in the wrong place. Are you going to the wrong place for success? There's some right places, some wrong places. When you get on your computer, there's some right places, there's some wrong places. Some places will point you in a different direction than success on God's quest for you. You've got to pick the right places. One of my favorite places to get on the computer is um, IHOP. Uh, it's not a pancake place. It's the International House of Prayer. And uh, it's out of Kansas City. And they have praise bands and worship. And it, it goes on 24 hours a day. And I've been there in person. But uh, sometimes when I'm just discouraged or I need some just filling into my soul, I... I get on my computer and I, I watch this praise service and prayer service, sometimes for two or three hours. Pick places that point you for success with God's quest. It might be places you work. It might be places you go for entertainment. It might be places you go after work. It might be places you go with your friends. Pick places that help you grow and be healthy and successful on your quest. The places you pick make a difference. Pick places that point you in the right direction. So um, God proceeds where we should proceed. Uh, pick places that help you are to be successful in your quest. Those are the, the first two points. The third point is practice prayer. Did, did you read that scripture where it says, as the servant was praying his prayer, he, he didn't even get through the prayer. Rebecca starts coming down with the jug to get water. I mean, isn't this amazing? He didn't even finish the prayer. He said, whoa, 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 wait, Rebecca, go back in. I'm praying right now. I'm asking for a young lady to come in and give me water and give my camp. Just, just hold off. I'm not through with me. God said, I'm bringing her out. I'm bringing her. I'm not even going to wait for your prayer to be done. Isn't that amazing how sometimes our prayers are answered even in the middle of our prayer? Well, how well do I have to be a prayer? Well, can you talk? Can you listen? That's all you got to do. It's just talk and listen to God. He's looking forward to the coffee with you. He's looking forward to the walk with you. He's looking forward to the drive with you. Just wherever you are, just talk. Enter in that conversation. Listen. Listen is even more important than, than talking. Hear what he has to say. Have him direct you. Do you want to learn more about prayer? Yeah, well, find someone that prays. Find someone that knows how to pray and, and, and talk to them and listen to them and get advice from them. Get some books. There's thousands of books on prayer. Read some books on prayer. Go to a workshop or class on prayer. Get online. Find out what there is on prayer online. But, but practice praying. If you're going to accomplish your quest, 
in the way God wants to accomplish, it's going to happen through prayer. As you talk and as you listen. Has God put you on a quest? Has he given you a quest? Let me talk about a big quest. A huge quest. Matter of fact, in scripture is talking about the quest of God. What is he doing? Jesus tells a story. There's a shepherd and he's got a hundred sheep. Ninety-nine are with him and he's missing one. Jesus says, the shepherd leaves the 99 and his quest is to pursue the lost one. Pursue the lost one. And he says he picks the sheep up once he is found and he puts it on his shoulder and he takes it home and he calls all of his friends and he says, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Let's throw a party. My lost sheep has been found. I have accomplished my quest. Do you understand that God's main quest is pursuing you? God's ultimate quest is pursuing you. He loves you. And he's looking for you. And he wants to be with you. And he wants to spend time with you. His quest is pursuing you. We're going to have a lot of quests. More than just looking for the best coffee shop. I mean, those are okay, but there's some big quests. And it might be that you have a big one right now. And God's going to help you. But the biggest quest that you'll ever have in your life is seeking God. It's not just something when you have some dead time to do it's not 33 on your list of 50 priorities your quest to seek God Shelby why don't you guys come on up there's a song I want them to sing and it's talking about your quest pursuing God intersecting with God's quest pursuing you and right there at that moment where both those quests intersect there's a thin place and whether it's the very first time he found you or if it's every morning and every evening when he reunites uh, these two quests are the most beautiful thin place you'll find in your entire life Seek God and you will find him. Season in every moment before I bring my need, 
good stuff to do with your life. There's a lot of quests. Maybe God's given you a quest. But are you ready to get serious? Are you ready to put this one first? Are you ready to make some changes? Are you ready to make different appointments? Are you ready to put your whole heart into this? Are you ready to say, that's my treasure, that's what I'm going for? I assure you this, you will find peace, you will find meaning, you will find freedom, you will find hope, you will find direction, you will find the one who loves you most, you will find completeness. The darkness will go away if you find him. Let's pray. Father, this means a whole lot. It's different for every one of us here, matter of fact. But I think we're all on the quest. 
and our ultimate quest is pursuing you. So help us to really seek you first. And maybe we're in the middle of a quest you've given us and we can't do it on our, our own. And so I pray that we will pray. I pray that you will proceed as we proceed. I pray that we would go to places that point us where you want us to go and not the other way. And I ask all this in your loving name that sought us out. Amen and amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.